on this episode, I try to meet you on Saturday and I force you to leave a comment or I'm gonna quit. You ask questions and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. This is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 5050 of the Ask Gary V Show. So I'm super pumped about episode 50. A lot of talk about what are we gonna do, what special thing, and you know, once again, my insanity and procrastination have created me to go this way, which is we're not gonna do anything special. We're just gonna keep grinding and hustling, which is the PR answer to just didn't get to it. We'll do something awesome for episode 100. Uh, Before I get into the questions, uh, I want to say that I missed the show. I feel like what was Tuesday the last time. This might have been the longest I've gone since we started the show without it. I noticed a lot of you said that you missed it, which makes me feel nice. And I want to also say to the Vayner Nation and especially the Wine Vaniacs, uh, I don't know what kind of graphics you want to do here. I'm going to whisper for the podcast. It's a very substantially exciting day for me on uh, Saturday. Uh, This upcoming Saturday, I don't know what I'm doing here for you, D-Ruck. You know, Stefan, do something. But Saturday, I will be at the Wine Library, back to the future, to my roots, working the floor, helping you pick holiday wines and spirits and beers and all that from 11 p.m. to 6 p.m. Springfield, New Jersey. Uh, I'm excited. I hope a bunch of you road trip. Get in the comments and like team up, Uber up, rent a bus. I'm really looking forward. Here's your chance to come take a little selfie, pick some awesome wine and spirits. Uh, I'm really excited for this. I think anybody who's been paying attention to me knows that I've caught the wine bug again. I'm really looking forward to it. So please, uh, oh, can we do an RSVP? Let's do a little RSVP on Facebook. Let's, uh, let's link that in the, there. Let's make sure we do that right after this and set up an RSVP. RSVP up, bring your friends, send your friends. Um, I really want it to be chaos. I want the Wine Library staff to be like, whoa, what are you up to? This Vayner Nation is insanity. So stop by on Saturday. Let's get into the show. Mike asks, if you don't care about the competition, what do you say when a client asks you about a competitor and why you're better? Mike, uh, this is a tremendous question. I've dealt with this in the past on Vayner Media's uh, road to success. Uh, and I still do all the time. People bring up... Uh, competitors and I answer in a very condescending way towards them. I I dislike my competitors in the context of the game. Some of them are my friends outside of the game and I can share, I can separate it. I can share a beer at a game or, or be cordial in public but deep down I'm not a fan of my competitors. I dislike them um, and when people bring them up I tend to tear them down as quickly as possible or remind them why I'm better and come up with historical things like you know in the agency world for example I say Oh, you mean those people that try to win awards in a world where I grew up trying to sell stuff? Anything that I think will make that person realize that it is a worthwhile venture to go with us and why it's a wasteful conversation to care about somebody else, that is something I will do. Now look, I'm a good salesman, a good talker, I've got great tact, I have enormous empathy and great feel, I can read the room, so I know where to navigate in real time, which is why I sell and win so often. You may not have that skill set and you may come across as you know, inappropriate, awkward, um, you know, inappropriate. And so, you know, for, for all of you on this side over here who can read the room, can move quickly on your feet, can rock and roll that way, just punch your competitor in the face. Over here, not as smooth, you're not quite as sure, you don't understand where they want to go, 
You've gotta go with a different route. I don't know what that route is, but it's Dan asks, white lies, do you believe the hype? It seems you can't win in business without bending the truth. Dan, this is a really intense question. I want you to show India right now because I'm giving her props for uh, navigating the questions and finding stuff. This, this question is one that I'm really struggling to figure out what the right answer is, which leads to the answer which is <sighs> appropriate embellishment feels appropriate at times to me, but I'm scared to say that out loud. If you feel like you're growing into it within weeks or maybe maximum a couple of months, I think it's okay, right? Like, like I feel comfortable saying VaynerMedia is a 450 person agency right now, even though we're 417, but we have 59 job openings and I expect us to be 450 by the time the far majority of people watch this episode or listen to it, right? So. I guess that's where I'm willing to go. I'm not willing to say we're 7,000. I'm not willing to say we're 1,000. I think fake it till you make it is a very scary line that I think most people struggle with. Um, but you know, we live in a transparent world. I, like, the reason I even say this answer is because like, I'm always trying to correct um, myself because um, I'm scared to like, get called out for you losing all your credibility by getting called out on something. So it's a very fine line. I think, uh, I think the intent matters. You know, for me, I'm just going in speed, rounding out numbers, I'm going fast. I'm not trying to trick you to think we're bigger than we are. So I would answer you a couple things. One, white lies that become truths within a very quick or short period of time feel a little more comfortable. Um, and the intent of the white lie, um, if, you feel like, uh, if you feel like you're not trying to do the wrong thing, that you're gonna be able to deliver for the other person, you just wanna tip them over in their own, you know, it's so funny with my clients. Like, I think they get so much more benefit working with us than the alternative. That I'm like, I feel like I'm helping them along. I feel like it's in their best interest, not mine. Of course, there's a secondary best interest of mine. And it's funny. I tend to not. You're right. What's that? <laughs> Are we meeting? Yeah. I'm running just a few minutes late. Do you want to say hi to the Vayner Nation? Hi guys. <laughs> Um, you know, I think that it's all about like every other answer, which is it needs to have the right intent and it needs to be appropriate. So that's what I got. Hey Gary, Miles Kiever with happyhumanoids.com. In episode 49, you were asked a question about high-end wine business and was it a hoax? And I thought your answer was brilliant and profound. So profound that I checked out and I began observing your staff members behind you. Lots of them were standing without chairs. And then when you asked Lou to go get the mayo, someone snatched his chair right away. Do you have set up in your community a way of keeping the competitive edge <laughs> going by not having enough chairs? First of all, who's Lou? Lou. Oh, Little Lou, you're right. Good, good, good. I, I literally think of him as Little Lou. Uh, this question is so perfect for episode 50 because I am so devastated that I'm not limiting chairs on purpose to create a competitive culture. Um, so the answer is no, I haven't created that on purpose, but yes, 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 do I wish I did. Um, I love the thesis behind it. I think, um, I think it's a phenomenal observation. Uh, I desperately wish it was true, and I will say this. I, uh, 
I don't have any hardcore tactics to create competitiveness. And as a matter of fact, one of the biggest things that I really value is that a lot of the senior people that have been coming into VaynerMedia say this is the first agency they've ever worked in that people are competitive because they want to do great work but not at the cost of their other employees around them which means we're building real culture. It excites me and it's something that I strive for. But I do think everything stems from the top and I don't know how I do it but boy do I know I, I breed competitiveness here because I'm competitive as shit. Terry says, I saw a discussion via LinkedIn about clout scores on a resume. What are your thoughts on them? Terry, this is a great question. I'm glad everybody's gonna get to hear my answer and this has nothing to do with my feelings towards clout itself. Uh, These kind of scoring systems that uh, try to prove your social equity in the marketplace are not things I'm a big fan of. They're super gameable. Let me say something really interesting. A lot of you have hit me up on Twitter because if I replied to you, you knew that your clout score would go up. Now this was more of a 2012 move and has become something less and less of you have done. But you know, if you look yourself in the mirror right now, you knew that you were trying to gain me for more clout scores and I was thrilled to give it to you because I know how little it actually meant, right? And because I love you and that you even know who I am and I wanted to give you some love. But people literally tweeted out like, oh, got some clout juice because they engaged with me on that platform. Look, my answer is very simple and very, very hardcore, which is I never signed up for a clout account while I had one of the bigger scores out there. So that's kind of called you know, eating your own dog food, right? Um, you know, taking your own medicine. Uh, I believe in it so little that I didn't even want to acknowledge it by signing up, even though it was probably my best interest, both personally and too, professionally, to just understand how it worked. So again, it has nothing to do with clout. I feel the same way about a million other things. It is not something, that the, the big data version of your worth is not something I'm super pumped about. You obviously might have seen my whole last Medium article about empathy and like the hidden truths of people. I'm so much more into the kind of gray and intuitive and EQ of people than I am the black and white, which is what cloud is. It's just raw data dumped and figured if like you're talking, it's like it's high school math. And when I mean high school math, go deeper with me. It's the math of how high school works, right? The popular girl decides that she likes Steve and she goes out with him. Well, his cloud score went through the roof because he was in the band before that. You know, so it's like kind of that kind of thing. Dan wants to know, are there any common mistakes you repeat over and over again? Either way, any tips for overcoming them? Dan, I think I repeat all my mistakes over and over again. I, first of all, my thesis on life is scaling the unscalable, which is one big mistake in itself. Uh, we just had a meeting with the whole crew about like all the mistakes I'm making, bottom of, bottom of the funnel things. You know, so like, <laughs> you know, I'm a big believer betting on strengths, not weaknesses. You know, you try to you try to get better as you get you know go through the process and and go along. I, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer this. Uh, I repeat a lot of mistakes. Uh, I continue always. I have good moments for a year or two or a month or two of not trying to bite off more than I can chew, but then I get right into it. For all the process and scalability, I continue to create things that allow me to be the bottleneck, though I think this crew and I are doing a good job of hacking away and we have an ambition for 15 to be better at it um, in my limited time world. You know, I, um, but really, these are all hard questions for me because I really 
struggle to think about what I'm bad at um, because I spend all my time thinking what I'm great at. And those are a lot of things. And that's where I put my energy and time and that's why I think I get the permission and the luxury and the awesome feeling of having so many of you watch the show. Um, Betting on strengths is the grossly underestimated execution of our time. And uh, that's what I do and I do it well and so I answered it out of being a cordial human being but the truth is I don't give a rat's ass about my weaknesses. Um, I surely don't know how to uh, fix them um, because uh, I don't focus on them much. Once in a while um, and that's that. And so in final thoughts, um, I want to uh, thank so many of you for watching the first 50 episodes of the Ask Gary V Show. Um, I don't know how many more of these I have in the tank, um, but it's been an amazing ride. Don't worry, D-Rock. I just mentioned we're gonna do episode 100. I'm just trying to scare the nation. Uh, question of the day. And I expect a lot of lurkers to come out because if you want me to get to that 100, I need the feedback loop. It's the only thing that keeps me going. Um, as Wine Library TV's feedback loop waned, I waned. So, you like it? I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking you for comments, God damn it. And so, in the comments section, get out of the podcast, people. Pull your car over and open up your phone and leave a comment. I don't care how you do it. Here are the two basic questions. Number one, are you coming on Saturday? Simple. Yes, no. Are you making the schlep? And by the way, PA, Connecticut, New York, I expect things from you. Jersey, it's a foregone conclusion. If somebody flies in, forget it. And number two, I need your recap of the first 50 episodes of the Ask Gary V Show. And to make it simple, because some of you struggle with this, which will give me less comments, give me the best thing it's brought to you. The best. You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. On this episode, I explain why I got the wine wub. <laughs>